0: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. We're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome
2: into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Luke Yardy, joined as always by Anthony Broom and Chris Castellani here on Monday, December 14th, as we head into Tuesday, December 15th. And the football season is still not over here uh, in in mid-December. Oh, God. So we, we, we've got we've got a lot to get to um, and. Uh, we, we do wish that the season was over. So maybe we had some clarity on what was happening moving forward. Uh, we, we got a lot to get with that. Michigan has their opponent determined uh, for the crossover game, which was not what we expected uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, probably still shouldn't expect. We, I, I still am not really clear on what the Big Ten did here, but uh, maybe you guys can give me some answers. I know we'll talk about that. Uh, but with all that to to get to, what's up, guys?
3: How you guys doing? Uh, Yeah, nothing makes sense. So it's good to be back to try and make sense of it. Uh, But when uh, things that have happened and things that are continuing to happen defy logic, uh, it becomes less about explaining it and more about like just trying to wrap our minds around what the hell is going on right now. So um, doing okay. It's almost, I hate to say it. I know what the, the narratives and the takes are about you know, avoiding playing a football game last weekend. But I have to say two weeks off is like, I feel like I'm on a juice cleanse. I feel like, you know, it's soup for the soul. Um, I feel as rejuvenated as I have uh, in a while doing this. So here we are.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, uh, it was definitely a weird feeling this week um, or this weekend without Michigan football uh, for the second week in a row and without Michigan football against Ohio state. But this, look, this season has entered the point now where it's gotten just so completely bizarre. I mean, it was bizarre from the beginning, but we're at this, this whose line is it anyway? Everything's made up and the points don't matter type of system that we got going out through this, this whole thing that um, I can't help, but be fascinated by the journey. And, And we've had, Multiple storylines come out over the last uh, several days with obviously Michigan getting last week's game canceled because of COVID and then the matchup with Iowa. And we still don't know who the coach is going to be here next year. So uh, this, this team, uh, I, I have, it has been a brutal watch for sure, but I God bless them for the amount of content that they have provided us because, but we look back in March through, through June when we were getting nothing they have just pulled pulled up with a dump truck and just poured content onto us. Chris, over the you and
3: I watched Cats when there right, was exactly. no food. <laughs> If anyone
4: has any doubt about what we were struggling for, we watched Cats willingly for this website. So, yeah, that's where we're at now. I, I will take talking about an Iowa matchup in the middle of December that makes absolutely no sense over what we've had to endure here uh, throughout a large part of 2020.
2: Well, uh, real quick, uh, I want to touch on... Uh, the the lack of a game last week before we get into the the contract stuff here because there has been a, a lot of stuff that seemed to be reported, uh, especially throughout the week when, when Michigan released their COVID numbers and everyone jumped all over it right away. Uh, I, I just want to reiterate that just because those were the numbers you saw doesn't mean that was the total number of uh, people oh, that Stephen Michigan put was... out
3: a tremendous video about. Yeah, explaining yeah check that. our
2: YouTube page Absolutely. on that. Yeah, because contact tracing number of positives prior to that i mean all of it goes into it and if anyone saw i know the the fire or the pot got stirred again here today when they said uh, jim harbaugh talked about having a spirited practice on sunday the day after they were planning on playing ohio state someone posted a picture that they were walking home uh yeah, this, of the can, practice can we field start there.
3: let's start there, there. there, was, there was, was there like 18 people on that practice field yeah it was like you know spirited this is a spirited college football practice it it, was, it looked more like a spirited uh touch football game with your buddies like the, the day after thanksgiving like there were maybe 35 40 guys out there
2: yeah it was um, like a typical probably like class c division six high school football
3: program here yeah don't they do seven on sevens up near you in eight, the UP? eight player eight, eight player. player so yeah eight that's <laughs> and and the the narrative is that well, they only need uh, eleven to play on each side of so what? Um you're gonna throw Dan Villari in at quarterback and safety like a high school team would? Like what? Right. Um Yeah, it's that that's that's absurd. Um now the timeline of that, so it sounds like they started um well they were doing like limited workouts last week. They never practiced or anything like that. And that's that's where we kind of start with all this. Um, medical never cleared them to practice in pads last week. So you're not, you're just not going to play a game, any game. I don't care if it's uh, Ohio state Rutgers, if it's, uh, you know, North Dakota Institute for the blind, you're not playing a game without practicing in pads. You know, it's, there has to be some preparation there and people will say, well, they haven't looked prepared to play a football game all year. ha hilarious. Hardy, har, um, har, 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 har. It's a, it's a, it's a physicality thing. It's not a, you know, a game planning thing. Like you have to football is a contact sport. And if you go two weeks without having contact, that's
4: it's a problem. Here's the, here's the thing. And we were talking about it in the group chat, when I first saw the numbers, the Michigan had, I believe it was nine cases uh, and this was reported on Friday. I'll be honest, hand to God. My initial reaction was, Oh boy, that doesn't look good. Now, I surround myself with smart people, so I texted you guys, and you immediately said, yeah, contact tracing, the three-week rule. Here's the thing. If – there will be those people, and that's the culture we live in now. People like to forge their own facts. They like to to come up with their own narratives to – they like to come up with their own narratives to to make themselves feel better about something. And there will be a whole generation of people who will be under the belief – that Michigan, quote-unquote, other people's words, pussied out of this game. And they're, they're allowed to believe that. What Buckeye fan 6969X037 <laughs> with a Brutus Buckeye profile picture has to say, if he wants to believe that, he can sit back and believe that forever. It bothers me when people with a lot of pull, people whose opinions people listen to are spouting that narrative, and it's kind of the reason why we got into this whole predicament in the first place. You can have opinions on things all you want, but when it comes to reporting on something like this, something that is important, something that has has led to so many cancellations, that has led to the whole world being turned upside down, there is one lane, and that is truth. Yes, Minnesota played a football game last week without 23-something players. But when you look at the amount of cases Michigan had the week before, when you look at which guys, and this is not reported, but if you we talked about this last week, if you have five quarterbacks who can't play, you can't play a game. And so it's been...
2: And Minnesota missed the two games prior to last week, it,
4: dude. Exactly. Like it's it is frustrating. I get it. And I'm saying this. All three of us are saying this. Acknowledging full well, this would have been a historical ass whooping. I mean, they yes. would have gotten absolutely destroyed. I'm not saying that. You know, I'm. I understand the frustration on the other side that would have loved to have seen. You know, a Jim Harbaugh eat his lunch in, in the last game of the year. I get that. But this, there are things that are being reported that are objectively true and you could try to spin whatever narrative that you want if michigan football could have played a game against ohio state on saturday they would have played a football game and people say michigan can't No, the big 10 canceled that game medical canceled that game jim harbaugh didn't say hey we don't have enough guys to play you believe us we don't have, No, that it, this was approved by the, the the people who know a lot more about this situation than jim harbaugh and the michigan football program does so that's that's what bothers me is that that narrative but you know that stuff will exist forever it just drives me nuts
3: well well let's talk about this too because there there might you know we can't just assume that there's bleed over of audiences between youtube between uh social media things like that so this is the three-week kind of trend uh that mm-hmm. michigan and so a little insight into their COVID testing it is the numbers that come out are split between the four sports which is football men's and women's basketball, and hockey. Those are the only sports that are playing right now. So um, first off, right off the bat, these last few weeks of positive tests, according to someone who I do believe is, I mean, there's no question that this person is reputable. Angelique Shingelis of the Detroit News said that um, these these were all football cases. So let's go over the last couple of weeks. This is what Steven did in his video. Uh, the Penn State week, there were eight positives, seven athletes, one staff member. Again, we don't know that that's all football. And here's the thing. You don't take issue with the number. If you want to take issue with how the numbers are reported, the fact that there is no contract, contact tracing, um, the fact that they don't speci- uh, uh, specify between the four sports what, where the positives are, that's that's something you attack Michigan for. But the numbers the numbers are what they are, and there's an outbreak within the football program. So over the last number of weeks, and what do we know about the COVID protocols? And, and this has nothing to do with if you believe the virus is serious or not. It has nothing to do with if, you, if the players are and aren't showing symptoms, how sick they are. The protocols are if you test positive, because they rapid test every day. If you test positive, they confirm that with a, a PCR test, which – um, is more of, a, you know, something to do with, you know, it's a lab-related test. It's a lab-related test. Uh, I had one within the last couple of weeks. It's a little more. They go up there a little further, uh, so to speak, with Oof. the swab. Um, we know that if that is a confirmed positive, you are out for three weeks. The Big Ten has not changed their protocols there. Uh, nothing's changed there. So any player that's out is out for that number of weeks, plus the guys who contact trace. Um, those guys aren't out for three weeks. I think they just continue to, um, they isolate for X amount of days and then they're allowed to come back. But So with all that, you know, all that being what it is, there were eight positives the week of the Penn State game. You had 15 positives last week, which is where we're talking about it all being within the football program. And that kind of jives with what we've heard that, Um, There were probably anywhere from 12 to 16 positives within the football program. Um, So 15 last week, 13 uh, this week, nine athletes, four staff. And this is where the biggest issue is. This number comes out Friday, nine athletes. And they go, but uh, there are only nine positives. You, You ducked Ohio state. It doesn't work like that. That's nine. That's nine. In addition to the 14 last week, which we know, Those 14 guys were already out for 21 days. So now you're talking about as many, anywhere from 23 to 30 guys out for three weeks over the last, you know, X amount of weeks it's been three weeks or so, plus contact tracing, plus all of that. And then you see the narrative, um, you know, we know who put these things out there. Uh, We don't need to call people by names, but um, you see tweets with no context that just say, we have uh, Michigan reported 13 positives uh, within the department this week totally lacking context. And they'll follow that up. and say, well, these are the numbers we were given. Uh, You look at the, the positives last week, they're actually trending downward. Yeah. When you're dealing, when you're dealing with this, you added 13 positives to the 15 positives you had last week. Yeah. You added positives. That's not a trend downward in cases. That is a trend upward in cases. I don't know why this is so hard to understand.
2: Oh my God. I like, I have no problem with, with the initial reporting of the numbers because they've been doing it all year. Every reporter that reported the numbers, they've been doing it every week all year, but to double down. Except for one
3: that. uh, Yeah.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but like to double down on it, you can offer additional contacts and be like, no, they only had the nine. I don't know what anyone's talking. That homie got on his, his burner cause he runs the uh the one newspaper sports account and decided to double down on himself. Uh We're not, I, I can't get into that, man. I'm going to get too worked up. But uh so, yeah, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, man, um, it is what it is. It sucks that the Michigan Ohio State game didn't get played. Like I think we're all in agreement there. I think most of the Michigan fan bases look like we like to joke about it. You know that oh they did they they held Ohio State to zero this year and whatnot. Like at the end of the day, college football like that's what it's all about. You know, so to not have that this year, I, I mean it ultimately sucked. But we also have everything that happened. So the last time we talked on this show, hmm. we like we went ago. to. I know we we had an extensive, an extensive talk about Jim Harbaugh reportedly being close to signing a contact contract extension. They said it was going to be done probably last week. Well, here we are a week later. That's not done. We have National Signing Day in two days. We also had later in the week Ward Manuel. Uh, say that he and Jim Harbaugh are going to talk about a contract extension after the season, which would be after this Saturday in Iowa, which of course comes after national signing day. And we also had Jim Harbaugh double down on that here today. He did tell John Jansen that uh, he, he is telling the recruits. He was asked what he's telling the recruits. And he said that he, he plans to be their coach at the university of Michigan moving forward, that he's all in. So I don't know what to make of this whole ordeal. I, I know that a contract offers been or a co- contract extension has been offered to Jim Harbaugh. That, that's pretty much all we know. I, I I don't know what you guys are thinking on this. Like, like, what are your takeaways? Because it feels like a serious disservice to this in, incoming recruiting class to, for them to kind of be in the dark here.
3: Yeah, you want to take this one first, Chris?
4: I, I will, but I don't have a ton to say because <laughs> I'm so baffled by all this as well and it's um i mean let's you know let's call it for what it is and obviously circumstances are very very different this year never has there been a game played so close to national signing day ever i mean these are weird right. circumstances but Michigan is aware of the recruiting class they got, and you look at uh, what happened in two previous regimes where recruiting classes – or three, really, if you want to include Lloyd. I mean three different recruiting classes took hits because you were bringing in a new coach, I think pretty darn close to National Signing Day, and or at the very least you fired a coach pretty darn close to – national signing day and you know they're 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 prolonging this so that they can be able to get the recruits they want and uh potentially renegotiate i also think i also think there's just so much uncertainty not just in terms of what we talk about i think there's uncertainty within the program I, i think that uh, you know, Warren Manuel isn't completely sure how they're going to go about this. I, I do think, I believe a lot of the initial reporting that we got from Chris Ballas, uh, Ballas that we got from John U Bacon, I think it's probably correct. I think there will be some sort of negotiation uh regarding a contract extension, but uh the parameters of it, what it'll look like and whether or not Jim Harbaugh is going to uh, be open to taking another job in the NFL. It's, it's still very much up for grabs. I've never, one thing that's for sure. I've never experienced anything like this from, not just at Michigan really from any like coach ever where I've never felt a guy who has the opportunity to potentially take a better job. And yet so many people, even within the fan base are like, God, I hope he does. Like when Beeline was about to go to the Pistons, right? We were sweating. We were like, Oh man, I want him to go. We're having a great time here. But like the idea of Jim Harbaugh accepting a job with potentially, who knows, maybe even the Lions. Everyone's like, well, OK, <laughs> sure. May- He's going to get a call. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's a
3: Venn diagram. I'm just not I was
2: I was, was going right. to say, man, that that leaves the opportunity of like Michigan and Michigan State fans both hating the hire for completely different reasons, I feel like.
4: Yeah, that'd be that'd be matter and antimatter colliding and creating an atomic bomb, I feel like. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's really off to say about it. It's just a, a strange, very uncertain situation. And I don't even think the people in charge right now are 100 percent sure what they want to do.
3: That's to me what the root issue is. Yeah. Um, I'm aware that the athletic department is working through what is a very difficult time right now. Um, you know, we've we've plowed that ground pretty thoroughly to to quote Jim Harbaugh, but. Um, I think the fact that, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh is a very task at hand type of guy uh, and he doesn't have an agent. So any contract negotiations are through him and and to, from his perspective, talking about a contract while they are still in season um, and they are technically, I mean, they are in season, there's a game on Saturday, but uh, I think to him, that is a distraction. Uh, But at some point, Someone needs to step up and and kind of be a leader uh, and be an adult about it. I mean, this is looming over the program. And the thing I took issue with, um, you know, since last we spoke, they they did this press conference. And I think Tuesday or Wednesday uh, when they announced they were going to be canceling the game, uh, Jim Harbaugh and Ward Manuel were both on the call. They thought they would be able to, you know, I won't say hide behind the fact that the game was canceled. And that's was the topic in in the COVID outbreak within the program, but they were going to be asked about that. And at first they kind of played coy. They didn't want to talk about that. And um, eventually the floodgates kind of opened up and, and Ward manual would start to address it. And he made a comment about, you know, not worried, not being worried about teams negatively recruiting Michigan because, you know, negative recruiting happens all the time, which is true. In that same zoom call, he goes on to sing the praises of Ohio state for I kid you not, one to two minutes. How great they are! How how deserving a uh, a champion, a Big Ten champion they would be. How they deserve a shot at the playoff. All things that are probably true. But you talk about how you're not worried about negative recruiting, and then you just gave them a soundbite that they'll probably play on a loop for the next ten years until or whenever Ward Manual you know phases out and isn't a prominent figure at the university anymore. Um, there is a hubris about this that because because of who they are because of what they they've been they could just sit down and hammer you know we've always sat down at the end of the season and hammered things out the end of the season is usually thanksgiving weekend we are you know whatever it is 10 days removed from christmas with signing day coming before you really sit down and have this conversation i've said this before i'll say it again it's malpractice that they don't, that they're not further along in this. It's a joke, um, quite frankly, and it's one of those things where, again, if you are always going to extend, why now? Why is now the time that you're looking to do that? Um, it just, like I said, man, it feels. It honestly, to me, um, and and you know, I don't have any inside info. I'm not purporting to know what's going on. But it kind of feels like a ghosting on the Michigan administration, you know, administration's end of things because Harbaugh is still recruiting. He's he's still all hands on deck, and um, you know, he he said on Monday that he is, you know, telling recruits he's committed to Michigan, and he is. Um, I think if if given the choice to do so, he would coach on a lame duck deal. Uh, you know, who would if there's not an NFL job? Why would you walk away if you weren't fired? You have seven million dollars coming your way. So it's just someone has to step up and be the adult in the room and say, you know, securing your future is not a a distraction. It's, it's actually quite the opposite. It probably gives peace of mind to everybody involved.
2: I also want to say that at the end of the day, Anthony, you, you had a tweet about this earlier today, there's a good chance that Jim Harbaugh is going to get NFL looks here this year if he wants to pursue those opportunities. I think you pointed out maybe 10 jobs that could become available. Demand
3: is going to outweigh the supply. Absolutely.
2: And and at the end of the day, the NFL owners, they don't really care that Jim Harbaugh didn't beat Ohio State at Michigan. They're going to see that he had the fifth, what, fifth, I think, best win percentage all time through four seasons in NFL history. He went to the conference championship game three out of four years that he was there. Uh, he's at the end of the day, man, he's going to get looks, you know, and, like they don't, they don't care that he's three and three against Michigan state and has a beat Ohio state. That's yeah. not what they're, uh, that's not going to be the the tipping point for them.
4: And ultimately I think the best thing that maybe could have happened to his potential NFL career was cliff Kingsbury. Remember when cliff Kingsbury was hired by the Cardinals and everyone went, wait, what? This guy who went yeah. five and seven in 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 Texas tech that got fired. He actually got fired. From Texas Tech is going to take a job in the NFL. And you know what? The Cardinals are pretty good. Kyler Murray is electric. And they kind of got something there. I think the whole idea of you can't coach in the NFL if you weren't successful in college is kaput now. And they are going to look closely at resume, what he's done in the past. What he's done at Michigan, like you said, at this point, kind of I don't think matters really anymore to what the how NFL owners assess a potential hire at this point. Yeah, well, take away. And again, you
3: can't necessarily do this, but take away the name of the school and the name of the coach. And, you know, you look at a guy who's had NFL coaching experience before, who's gone to college, turned around a program fairly. I mean, far quick, you know, far more quickly than we expected it to. I mean, quite frankly, we thought that the cut the season they're having this year would have been maybe the type of season they had in that first year under him, and they won ten games, three of the. It sounds like we're making the case for him, but like I'm just having covered the league before, and and Luke, you can look no further than the guy who's coaching your NFL team, right? I was
2: now. I was literally just about to bring him up. Like you, they only care if you've ever won in the NFL. That's you all can they
3: never care never discount an NFL owner's uh, desire or, or their a you know, interest in what you've done before in that league, where you've been before. So um, like I said, is he going to go, you know, that's not to say like Jacksonville, his former GM and in in San Francisco is there. So like, that's not happening. And and for me, for him to leave, it probably has to be a perfect situation. If there's a job he wants, Uh, you're not, it's not a rebuild situation. I don't think he's going, you know, I don't think he'd go to the coach, the Falcons or, um, the Lions I mean, or anything like that.
4: Out I, I think the Lions make sense.
3: Open. I think if Jim Harbaugh go like was to was to go to the NFL, which I'm not purporting he is. Uh right, you know, if right, there's a job right. that he wants, um, and Michigan is still kind of waffling, which I think that's kind of what's happening right now, um, I think San Diego or San Diego, excuse me, the Los Angeles Chargers are are kind of ready made to to win. Um, Justin Herbert's the real deal the Chicago bears. I know he knows ownership there. They have a quarterback. (laughs) You know, that's the thing. He can't, we, the narrative would be he couldn't find a quarterback in six years at Michigan. And then now he's got to go, you know, fix Mitch Trubisky or find, you know, but I wouldn't put it past him. And, um, and, and like, if the, like a job, like the Cowboys came up with, like we're looking at franchises where they're probably ready to win now is where it would be the case. Um, would there be interest there? I don't know. Um, based on what Steven Jones said today, it doesn't seem like they're looking to move on for Mike McCarthy in Dallas. But um, like I said, never underestimate. And it, I'll call him a retread, but he's probably the most successful retread you possibly could get. Um, right. as a, a former NFL head coach would be. Well, and it's not,
2: like he, it's not like he didn't have interest when he w- mutually parted ways with the 49ers. There were a bunch of teams yeah. that would have hired him that year. Oakland,
3: just, Oakland is still in play, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, right. Oakland Oakland is still in play. I mean, so I, I guess my question is, we know the NFL, it, he's going to get interest from the NFL, whether you agree with it or not, that's just the way that it is. Michigan has offered him the contract extension. Where, where do we feel like this, well, this is going right now?
3: I don't know if they've officially offered it. I okay. think there,
2: I think there I is. Saw an, a bomb guard, I saw saw Baumgartner report that it was official So in I, the Athletic.
3: I haven't seen that. Um, I'll, I'll look into it. It, it could be. Um, I think with the offer that we're seeing right now is obviously the offer that's coming from U of M. Um, and again, I've talked about this before. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, and I know that things haven't gone great this year, um, but if if you're going to extend me, I want the security that comes with that. Give me five years, um, and I don't think that's an unfair ask from him. Um, you know, because if you're doing it underneath this um, underneath the deal that's currently out there, you're just kicking the can to next year. And that's you know, regardless of being a guy who's focused on the job, like that that just that's got to be stressful on him, stressful on the family. Like, I need some security here that. You're going to give me a chance to figure that out. Now, can you make the argument he deserves that after six years? That's where we're having a different conversation. But I think both sides are probably justified in, in what their wants would be. And that's why you, you go to the table and you negotiate, which apparently won't happen until next week. It might be possible it doesn't happen until well, – I mean, think about it. Next week is Christmas. Then it's right. New Year's. If you've signed – like, if signing day comes and goes – and nobody, you know, falls out of the class. Are they going to let this go until after the new year? Because that's when the NFL cycles start too. I mean, a lot of these jobs we're talking about aren't even open yet in the NFL.
2: So, so Chris, what do you think? In your heart of hearts, knowing all the information that's out there, what do you what do you think happens with this situation? Does he get extended? Does he coach as even a lame duck, or does he pursue another opportunity? Like, what what are you feeling happens here?
4: I, I bet he stays here. Uh, And I bet, and I understand, Anthony made a really good point. And I, I, again, that even if you're just putting yourself in Jim Harbaugh's shoes, that does make sense to be like, Hey, give me that. I I want a five year deal. You know, I want some, a bit more stability, but I think, uh, and again, money talks, we get it, but you look at Jim Harbaugh has been around the block. He's coached. He's been a head coach at many different places across the country. He's coached West coast. He's coached East, East coast. Yeah. He's been around, um, I think the older he gets, the more he, someone like him, a, fa- a family man, yearns for stability. And I think the idea of let's move to, you know, hypothetical here, but let's move out to Los Angeles, see if we can turn around the Chargers when the NFL is cruel. And if he's not making it to you know, deep into the postseason, within three years, he could be gone. I don't know if that necessarily appeals to him. I think the idea of I'll stay at Michigan for three more years. If this thing doesn't work out, um, you can mutually part ways and see where we go. But I, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna double down on this. I, I think they're gonna offer him an extension. I think he'll be back here next year.
2: Well, and let me, Anthony. I think you, you're pretty plugged into this as well. I guess the, the biggest question here is if a deal doesn't get done this week, what are
1: we
3: looking at Wednesday? I think most of the class will sign. Um, Okay, I think it's probably being a little bit overblown that that the class would crater like maybe Brady Hoke's class uh, did towards the end. There, Um, JJ McCarthy is coming to Michigan. He's signing with Michigan, and I think regardless of who the coach is, I think that he's a guy that people want to play with. And to his credit, he's done a really good job of keeping a lot of those guys engaged and, you know, kind of excited about you know joining him now. Might you lose a guy like Xavier Worthy, who's you know a top 100 wide receiver? We'll see. I know there's been talk that Brandon Jennings, uh, the linebacker, might flip to Miami. Um, you might miss on a – I mean, Donovan Edwards is obviously the huge one right now. I mean, that's the, the in-state guy right down the road. But all hands on deck trying to keep him um, from going anywhere else. Um, and, it, it, like, that's, that's what's on the line right now. Um, if guys chose to decommit – you know, I think that um, it's probably a little bit overblown in terms of this class, but we're, you know, 2022 is the class where once Wednesday, like they expect to sign most of this class on Wednesday. Um, and some guys, that's the other thing, might decide to wait wait till February. And that's not a good place to be either. So, yeah. Um, you know, 2022 th- those guys that you start really putting the work in on after this week is over I think that's where it kind of affects your ability to get the ball rolling and, and get off the ground there so I'm not as uh I, I've said this before uh I think Michigan's an institution that regardless of you know who's there they'll always pretty consistently recruit pretty well um you know maybe not you know top five well uh, depending on who your coach is but you know and that's the other thing you know jim for as much concern as there are over the recruiting class and this is no disrespect to the kids but the classes that were supposed to be jim harbaugh's best at michigan have kind of flamed out that Mm -hmm. 2017 class was supposed to be that the class and and half of those guys um either transferred or never finished their career here so um like i said it's I think the biggest concern to me right now is the fact that if Jim Harbaugh does come back on like a bridge deal, I've said this a million times already. I think it affects your ability to bring in assistants that might, you know, they don't want to move. And those assistants that are working their way up are kind of used to bouncing around, but is, is Jim Harbaugh someone that you want to hitch your wagon to um, if you know things might be close to being blown up?
2: Yeah. Gus Malzahn, now going to be the offensive coordinator at Michigan. Just check out Michigan Twitter, you know. No. <laughs> uh, I, I do want to talk, so obviously all eyes are are on Wednesday first, and then we're looking at Saturday, seeing if Michigan can pull off some sort of upset to to end their season. So I want to talk about that game a little bit, but uh, before we do, have to take a quick break here on Brewcast, and uh, when we come back, we'll, we'll chat up that Iowa game a little
3: bit. Hey guys, Anthony from Maze & Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast, HomeFieldApparel.com. HomeField is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of Big Ten country in Indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own. HomeField launched its Michigan collection in early November with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the Wolverines. Everything they do and design for all schools, it comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota state gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Mason Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite in your
5: collection. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash block M to get ten percent off your first month. That's BetterHelp help dot com slash block M.
1: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Luke
2: Yardy, Anthony Broom, Chris Castellani, back with you on Brewcast, also streaming live on Twitch. Thank you for that little uh, – staying with us through that little pause there on Twitch uh, on the podcast. Good to be back with you, though. Anyways, as uh, we're, we're here on Monday, December 14th, headed into Tuesday, December 15th. Now, Saturday is uh, – I, I mean, I've seen it in the, the Twitch chat here a couple of times. A couple of people have asked, do we think Michigan – plays against Iowa this Saturday, all signs to me point towards. Yes. I feel like you, you might have a, a better answer on that, but they're practicing uh, the, you know, the, the trend this year has been you miss two games and you play that third. That, that, that kind of seems to, to be what's happening here. Right. Yeah. Um,
3: I think they'll play Saturday. Um, mm. Again, it's going to wind up being a mash unit because there are the, and um, you know, Harbaugh and his Monday press conference were kind of back to a normal schedule here, said that, you know, wouldn't – well, he didn't say anything. He basically lumped everything COVID-related and everything injury-related into one kind of big box and said it's a privacy matter and your questions will be answered on Saturday. So to a certain extent, they might not even know who they're going to have, but, um, you know, I, I think they're going to wind up playing on Saturday. Um, I don't think the optics are, are, that are bad. Now, if they had just ducked air quotes, Ohio state, um, and didn't, you know, played Maryland, whatever. I mean, that's not to me, that doesn't mean anything either, but, um, no, they haven't played a game in three weeks. So it's not like, this is nothing. And the numbers are what they are. Um, you know, to suggest, I know a lot of the people that work in the athletic department that work, you know, you know, I don't know them personally, the medical staff, but, uh, to suggest that, there's any type of fudging of the numbers I I think is just beyond irresponsible to me. It's kind of reprehensible as well. So, um, they, they want to play to their credit. They wanted to play last week. They, they worked out last week, but it didn't come to be, um, we'll see what happens. I mean, the way that things are, and this is where Jim Harbaugh was kind of right on Monday when he said, you know, everything is day to day right now. Um, we don't know like tomorrow. What if, or Tuesday, Wednesday, what if we hear that there's COVID within the Iowa program and they have to, you know, it's nothing is guaranteed right now. Um, so yeah, they, they will play on Saturday. We could talk about how they got to that point, how the big 10 kind of just threw darts at the wall. But um, I think that they will be playing a game on Saturday and what is one probably game that probably, it probably won't be close um, quite frankly. Uh, we'll see what happens, but Um, Just one last night game to twist the knife for all of us.
4: Yes. Uh, I think this game will be played. Assuming, of course, nothing changes within either one of these athletic departments. And given the new cycle here in 2020, the expectation of nothing changing is probably incredibly naive and silly on my part. But let's let's run with that. I think Michigan will play with something of of a skeleton crew here and a skeleton crew version of the football team we've watched this year i i shiver at what that may look like but i i guess in terms of iowa because it's man it's been a while since we've talked about iowa i mean like at all when was the last time we played iowa it was 2016 Let, right I, last, no, year. last year 10 to 3 man oh god i tried to block that yeah i, yeah, I don't blame that. i don't
2: blame you for forgetting that yeah game yeah
4: I, I much like the rest of the world i forgot about that game but yes okay <laughs> that my my apologies yes they did plan but in general i think we came into the season, no one was really scouting Iowa because we didn't expect to play Iowa. And uh, I've, I've watched them over the last couple of weeks, especially last week. I watched that whole game against a Wisconsin team that, mind you, has scored 20 points. Total in three games since they blew Michigan's doors off. But that's beside the point.
2: <laughs> hey, I th- Chris, you have no idea what my reaction was when you texted. That. <laughs> no, I, was I, thought, that. I dude, I thought you were kidding. Like I was like, there's no way that's real.
4: No, they've been they've been completely inept. Now Iowa, I feel like there's kind of three tiers to Iowa football. There's the top tier, which is like. Very rare. It's like 2002 with Brad Banks, 2009 when they won the Orange Bowl. There's that tier where that's like 75 percent of their seasons, which is like eight to ten wins, solid program. Then there's that third tier where you get the occasional five and seven, four and eight. This team is like upper second tier. This is a good football team. Who, and, is the, who was
2: a quarterback back in like '06 who had the visor number five?
4: Uh, uh Drew Tate.
2: Drew Tate. Yeah. Why do I
4: know that? Why do I, <laughs> why do I know that? Um, I like that guy. No, I I did too. He's pretty good. No, they've, they've had some good teams over the years, but this is, this is a really solid team defensively. They don't make a ton of mistakes. And, uh, I, I mean, look, what Michigan does, it's whatever reverse gravy is like gravy is just adding, you know, on top of what's already really special. I don't, whatever the opposite of that is like what happens in this game, you know, will happen. And I think we've kind of all braced ourselves for it. Um, I think it's sad that in game number eight, in week nine, if you were to ask, I thought, and I didn't know how the season was going to go, but I thought by the time we got to week nine, if you were to ask me who's the quarterback of this team, I'd be able to say definitively Joe Milton or Cade McNamara or Dylan McCaffrey. Uh, right now, the the odds of, of seeing Dan Vellari throw it 25 times are just as high as they are seeing Joe Milton toss it 30 times. We don't know who's going to start in this game. Um, it would be... I don't even see us having or this team having some sort of like 2014 Ohio state last ditch, you know, uppercut punch where they come out and decide to play offense for the first time all year. I just given the injuries and given the health issues that are going on with COVID, I don't even know if they have the capacity to, I mean, they're going to be thrown out. This is brutal, but I mean like close to kind of potentially like a JV squad here considering who's injured. Um, it's it's gonna be tough. It's it's gonna be really tough. It's gonna be a big time uphill battle for this football team. Um, we'll just we'll see where this thing ends up. But having watched both these teams over the last couple of weeks, uh, I don't yeah I don't see this ending particularly well.
2: I do want to point out that back in our season prediction pod, I did pick Michigan to play Iowa in the crossover game. I just thought it was going to be – I thought it was going to be two versus two and not whatever the hell happened here. You're the
4: only one of us, of the three of us, who got something about this season right.
2: (laughs) What what happened? Michigan, first of all, we're getting robbed of the Brandon Peters revenge game, and I feel like that – we could have had Brandon Peters – Without a without his head coach since Lovey Smith got fired, going up against Michigan probably would have beat the Wolverines just that that extra knife in the back. So I feel I feel robbed of that. What what ha- how does Michigan get stuck playing? Arguably, like I know they lost to Northwestern by one point, and that's the reason they're not going to Indy. But right. Iowa is probably ultimately the best team in the Big Ten West. How did this happen? what
4: if this is just punished. this is cruel and unusual this is against An- the law anthony i'll let you go first i have a theory but i'll let you go first
3: i think our theories might wind up being similar um okay. let me either, go ahead and go first chris um, oh really okay yeah um, <laughs> i'm not prepared <laughs>
4: look, whether you like them or not this is truth people whether it's hate watching or regardless it's hate people, watching yes people The ratings and viewership and fanfare reflect the fact that people like to watch Michigan. You know what they like more than watching Michigan is watching Michigan lose spectacularly. And when you look at the last five games that this team has played on national television, Wisconsin, their barn doors blown off in the first half of that game. Michigan State, you're a 28-point favorite. You lose by three. Uh, Notre Dame last year, they won that game. That was an exception. Ohio State last season destroyed Wisconsin last season destroyed Penn state an excruciating loss that basically, I mean, relatively ended their season a year ago because all, you know, they were no longer in control of their own destiny. So to speak, uh, Michigan football uh, is, and we've talked about it many times is far from boring. And I think the big 10 in this hodgepodge of a season saw an opportunity to get that last little bit of juice, that last possibility to see Michigan on a big stage flounder once again, and they took it. And I, I, it's upsetting for people like you, Anthony, who have had to go through another night game uh, like this. And I feel bad for the media who has to cover this team, but from a, a business standpoint, like, yeah, it probably makes sense as sad as it may end up being to watch
2: but is it not anticlimactic as hell that you've got the Big Ten championship game at noon and this game kicking off at 7 o'clock? Well, is it
3: at noon, really? Yeah, Big Ten championships at noon. Um, Why?
2: Why? It's, did, always, okay, been, that, that's it's always, always been a night game. Because, because it's part, it's
3: Big remember. Noon Saturday, man. That's oh, the marquee that, game oh, of oh, the my week. God. Fox Fox has the Big Ten rights, and that
4: is their marquee what? game of the week. You see that's the part to me that doesn't make sense because I do actually think it's a neat concept if you let's for say for the regular start, season right if you start the games on Friday and you build up to it uh, in in a way that's like okay we're going to play these you know seven games over the next two days culminating in a big 10 championship at night if you're you're i uh, it's like playing the championship game and then you play, it's exactly like you play the championship game and then you play all the consolation games after that well, everyone's left the gym at that point. No one's going to watch. So that part to me is strange. I forgot about except,
2: that. Except for the hate watching of Michigan,
3: as you point right, out. Of course. Well, right. okay. We, so here's here's my part of that. I don't think it's necessarily a let's stick it to Michigan uh, thing. No, that's obviously what we'll be. We're, we're not being. getting the Nebraska treatment. Well, <laughs> not awesome. quite. Um, which, okay. So if, that's the other thing. If, if if the idea was that they wanted Michigan to do something, lose hilariously, um, you put them up against Illinois and Brandon Peters. You put them up against Scott Frost or Nebraska. Um, nobody's clamoring. No one's, no one's rooting to watch Michigan lose to Iowa. Um, here's what's here. Here's the deal. So here is it. Seven o'clock ESPN. This is ESPN's TV slate for the day. You've got number five, Texas A&M at Tennessee at noon garbage, You've got number nineteen, Louisiana at Coastal Carolina uh, at three thirty. That's a good game, but again, yeah. nobody's nobody's tuning in to, to watch that. Uh, I mean, people will watch that, like college football fans will watch that. Um, and your late game, your ten thirty game, is Arizona State at Oregon State. There's not really a the a linchpin, you know, lead in or or follow up um, game there. So how do you get eyeballs in ESPN that day? Because going on at the same time will be, uh, well, Notre Dame Clemson will be finishing up about that time. Um, There's really no other. What's on ABC, the big 12 championship? uh, The big 12 championship is on ABC at noon, same time as Northwestern Ohio state. Uh, ABC has Clemson, Notre Dame at four o'clock. ESPN is looking for eyeballs here because at eight o'clock, everyone's going to be watching Alabama and Florida Um, ESPN took ESPN needed a game. The big 10 gave them Michigan and put together the best possible team to go up against them. That's why we're here. You need someone that's going to, you know, Michigan fans will watch are more likely to probably stick around and watch Louisiana and coastal Carolina. And uh, you know, because we'll be so pissed off and upset and because I'll be sitting at a table doing a podcast, ESPN will just stay on while Arizona state and Oregon state are on. Right. So from a programming perspective, that's what happened. Um, did anyone outside of Northwestern and Ohio state get the, the, the seating? Um, no, I Scott, know, Scott Bell did a nice red arrow flow chart. I of saw thing. That. It hurt my eyes. So I couldn't decipher <laughs> what it was. Um, and, and they did, they rescheduled the Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota. So that's where it's, it can't be a true crossover. And, and week.
2: they they reschedule Purdue, Indiana, right? And Michigan state.
3: Think- yes. And Michigan state will play Maryland. So again, it all kind of, it all kind of gets blown to hell anyways, but yeah. um, <laughs> it's just why? Like right. it, it's not, I don't think it's anyone's fault. It happened this way. No. I just think I mean, it happened this way. I feel like, way, it, and I feel like Indiana
2: us. got screwed. Like does Indiana really want to play Purdue? Like, I, I mean, maybe I, I don't know the ins game. and outs mm-hmm. I, it, it, yeah, on the, on the basketball maybe. side of things. I feel like it, it's a really good rivalry. Do do these fan bases care that much about the football game? I'm honestly curious. I mean, I'm sure yeah, they do know. to well, extend this entire, but this, this <laughs> is the best, this is the best Indiana football season. They've had, I don't even know since when, and, and they don't get a shot to play the second best team in the big 10 West. I feel like they got robbed yeah. a little bit.
3: That's a, that, that's a huge missed opportunity for the big 10. I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, basically, this whole crossover champions week was blown to hell because one, you put a team in that, by your rules that you set. I'm not saying it was right or wrong. By the rules that you set before the season, Ohio State shouldn't be playing this game on Saturday. And you also, your Indiana and Purdue, like they switched everything around so Indiana and Purdue uh, can play for a wooden bucket. Like that's yeah. that's where
4: we're at. <laughs> And, you know. and b- by the way, let me just jump. you're you're probably right Anthony and if if that my theory was true if you know they they put this game on there because they wanted to see Michigan get embarrassed on national television, hey uh, fine like, like that's the the result of what's happened this year. I'm not I'm not complaining about it. that was just an idea. It also needs to be brought up because if Michigan got Iowa this weekend and I shiver at this, There are no criteria for bowl games this year, guys, and which means Michigan, Florida, part 72, which means the the teams that can make the most money Michigan playing in the in the the polyester dot com bowl uh, is a potential like I'm not even rolling it out at this point. I, I don't know. But I mean, and we're, we're looking ahead here, obviously, but if we're talking contract extension and negotiations, this could end up being prolonged even further. If the argument is we got one more game to play <laughs> against some meaningless team in a two and five season.
3: Yeah. Because both season would be in what? Two weeks already. Then.
4: Yeah. probably pretty close. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I can see that happening, honestly. Um uh, Yeah, Jim, me too. Harbaugh was asked about it and he, it, it was funny that the guy, um, and, and trying to refrain from taking shots at him. It's funny that the guy who's, who's always consistently been, will play anyone, any place, anytime um, was straight up asked. We're seeing teams opt out of bowl games. Are you guys interested in playing? And he kind of gave you the the stock day to day answer. Um, you know, and I guess if you don't know if you can even feel the team for this weekend, that's fair, but um, that would just, I mean, I, I've been told they do want, they, there is interest in playing in a bowl game. Um, and they'll get one. the interest is there. Um, there's no question. Yeah. So that's, I also, I do want to,
2: I do want to end on a a light note to know that it's not only been bad for Michigan this year, because as hilariously bad as this season has been for Michigan, was there ever a more hilarious sequence than what happened in the Florida game when the guy threw that LSU player's shoe ultimately cost his team a chance at the playoffs. And then his teammate uh subsequently or ended up hitting him in the side of the helmet right afterwards. I, found <laughs> that I don't think, I don't think there was any Michigan moment funnier than that, to be honest with you.
4: I mean, well, they tried to, they, they, they did the beta version of that last year when Carlo Kemp pulled a, JK shoe off. But no, I mean, it's funny because every college football season has that defining moment. And typically it's something beautiful and electric, the kick six Auburn. Yeah. You got to throw it out there. The trouble with the snap in 2015. I mean, some amazing, amazing moments. And it's as 2020 as it gets when this college football season will be defined by a guy throwing a shoe the you know a Doug Flutie touchdown pass impressive against.
2: toss by the way it,
4: it was a javelin toss of a of a you know size ten into the next into the third row at, at the swamp that's uh, that's gonna be the lasting memory of this college football season and hell it's only fitting right
3: yeah, and Dan Mullen sucks too can I say that on, yeah. am I allowed to say that he's a tool. Um,
4: he's a good coach but yeah I mean he's, earlier
3: earlier this year he made the argument that uh you know. F- like Florida needed a boost by packing the stadiums, um, which they're like, no, we're not doing that for you. (laughs) And then over the weekend, he said something along the lines of, well, I guess uh, someone asked if they still have a shot at the playoff. And he said, oh, well, I guess you get rewarded this year by playing less games. You've lost two games. Right. And LSU stinks. Yeah, and, not uh, I, I they, hate to break into Dan Mullen, but Ohio
2: State wasn't losing to anyone. In can the you uh, can year.
3: you imagine if Jim Harbaugh said that? Like it would right. be national news for three days. Like right. the like the I'm bitterly disappointed with the officiating thing was. Yeah, um, yeah. crickets today about that. Like, whatever. Just uh, kill the season with fire. Kill this year with fire. One one more, maybe two more.
4: Yeah, I know. <laughs> all
2: right, Chris, where can we find you on social media, man? Uh,
4: I mean, I haven't tweeted in a while, but you can follow me at Castellani2014. That's at C A S T E L L A N I Two O one Four. I'd recommend following me there just because there you'll find the link to all my other stuff, my YouTube page where I review movies and I have another show. Locked on Tigers. <coughs> oh my oh. God, sorry. <laughs> at Locked On Tigers on Twitter. Uh, I do podcast Monday through Friday for the Locked On Podcasting Network. Uh, I believe after this week, it's going to go down to three three days a week until spring training starts because we're in the midst of what is – probably the most boring baseball off of all time for one of the most baseball, most boring baseball teams of all time in the Detroit tigers. But you can continue to follow me there. Uh, that will be going down the three days a week, starting next week, guys. I have a lot of fun making those. So please follow me on all those platforms and I'm going to get a drink of water real quick.
3: Anthony, yeah, <laughs> how about you, man? The, uh, the well has run dry with tiger uh, off offseason moves. So it's kind of yeah, choking Chris out over there. Five years in a row. <laughs> uh, can follow me on Twitter at Anthony T broom follow the website at mazenbrew um you know we're on we're on discord uh we're on the youtube channel which is doing great we're working on trying to get our show to start broadcasting over there there's some logistical things uh that i'm still kind of trying to power through there um yeah apple google spotify stitcher you can find all of our shows there um yeah it's uh it's it's been a season we'll see how much longer it goes but uh like i said uh shout out to you guys for listening shout out to all of our content creators at the site uh you know this year has brought out the best that i think in a lot of us so proud of that shout out to all you guys
2: you can find me on twitter at luke giardi l-u-k-e-g-h-i-a-r-d-i follow the brewcast show twitter page as well and uh a reminder we broadcast uh the show Every Monday at 7.30 on Twitch, as Anthony mentioned, might be switching over to YouTube if we can figure it out. But a uh, big thanks to everyone who uh, comes and joins us on Twitch, has the the chat rolling. Always a whole lot of fun getting your questions, interacted with you guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, like Anthony said, subscribe, rate, leave a review on all our platforms. If you're listening on the podcast, uh, we really appreciate that as well. So for Chris Castellani and Anthony Broom, I'm Luke Yarding We'll see you next week on Brewcast.